You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Half Hour! Welcome to Half Hour with Jeff and Richie, a Broadway podcast. I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie. And on today's show, we have a very special guest joining us today, Ty Blue. Ty is a producer and director whose work spans television, theater, and music. Some popular TV credits include four seasons on the Emmy Award-winning casting team of RuPaul's Drag Race, Project Runway, Nailed It, and The Real Housewives. He is most recently best known as the co-author and director of the 2023 Lucille Lortel Award-winning Off-Broadway musical Titanic, which received 2023 Drama Desk, Drama League, and Outer Critics Circle nominations as well. So Ty, welcome to Half Hour Podcast, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's nice to be here. Nice to be had. (laughs) We would love to dive right into Titanic, but before we do that, can you let our listeners know a little bit more about your past experience prior to Titanic? Sure. I mean, I... I basically started working in the theater as an actor out of college and did some touring. And uh, from there, I thought, well, I guess I need to live in New York. So I moved to New York. (laughs) And um, when I planted in New York, I started working as an associate director uh, to Stafford Arima on Alter Boys off-Broadway and several other things. And so that kind of put me on this directing trajectory for a long time. And then as with most people, at some point I got tired of New York and moved to L.A. and Mm -hmm. bought, you know, warmer, more profitable (laughs) pastures. And um, (laughs) it took a long time to get to some of those pastures, but um, eventually I did do that. And uh, so did did some years in TV in L.A. and uh, was all the while still directing theater kind of on the side and... uh, getting the, the the balls rolling for Titanic. And uh, here we are back in New York with a theater production. It's a very, very, very cool. So tell <laughs> us just a little bit more about some of your inspiration for Titanic. Like where did I, I, I we've seen it now. I've seen it twice and a bunch of friends will be like, where, where did they come up with this idea? So <laughs> I, it's kind of like, to me, I'm wondering, is it the chicken or the egg? Was it like Celine Dion first? And then the story or was it like, let's do the story and add Celine Dion music. And like, how did this all start? Well, it, it it was spawned out of a series of shows that I was directing in L.A. Um, that were all parodies of films turned into musicals on stage mm-hmm. that were pretty campy um, and used, you know, pretty basic pop songs to, you know, interpolate into the plot, which we would kind of rewrite. Just fun, light fare, you know, dinner theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I did like six or seven of those in a row. And so I kind of was getting into this like pop parody you know, tunnel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually Constantine, who played Jack in the show and is one of my co-writers, he was like wasted one night after the show. And he said, you know what we should do next? We should do Titanic. But it's hosted by Celine Dion and it's all her songs and pointed at Marla. And, and we're on like several drinks in at this point. <laughs> pointed at Marla and was like, and, and you'll be Celine and I'll be Jack. And I got to get again. And he just started like, orchestrating this whole grand vision mm-hmm. and um we did nothing on it for two years and then <laughs> out of the blue one day after trump got elected i was in such a dark place mm. and um needed something happy to focus on and i just texted connie and marlo and i was like okay i i need to, we need to do this we need to actually write this now and mm. so you know 
literally like November 10th, 2017, we just started meeting and, and writing. And what was the process like working with Marlon Constantine? How long did that writing process go? Well, tr- I mean, truth be told, we we rewrote it so many times all the way up and through the Daryl Roth production even. Mm. Um, but we that first sort of like egg of a script that we, you know, delivered would have taken us about three months was the mm-hmm. first draft. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's how quickly we did the first little kind of workshop presentation. But then we would we would literally do revisions every single time we would do a pop-up uh, reading of it again. Mm-hmm. So it feels like we've never stopped writing it, actually. And and what was what, when you were slotting the Celine Dion songs in? Was it challenging to figure out what song to put where, or did you were you worried about like oh the rights to some songs? Like how did the Celine Dion aspect kind of go with the process? Well, we we were never worried about the rights when we were writing it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because we just thought this is something, again, that we would do in, like, a cheesy dinner theater in L.A. Yeah. <laughs> where no one's paying for shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. We weren't worried about that. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, but honestly, it was great that we weren't because it put us in a free space creatively. And we just, like, let our brains kind of flow. But, um it wasn't that hard, you guys. Like, her songs are all so anthemic. They're so – listen, it's a love story. Every, mm-hmm. every it, It's just like a catalog full of fun, specific um, love songs that feel theatrical mm-hmm. in nature. And so we, we just did an outline really quickly of, like, what songs could go where. Mm-hmm. And we would have, like, basic conceptual ideas. You know what I mean? Like, we'll use this song to illustrate – him drawing her and them having sex in the car. That'll be this, you know, river deep will be crashing into the iceberg. (laughs) We knew conceptually like what would go where it was just a matter of then over time, like, you know, splitting all those hairs. Yeah. So that kind of leads to what was it like starting this as the concert version first into the first off-Broadway run to now where it's at, at Daryl Roth, what has kind of been added or removed and what are like the challenges along the way that popped up? Well, I think the, the biggest challenges that we had were, were um, when we did get a commercial producer, mm-hmm. then we did have to clear the songs mm-hmm. and uh, it started getting a little treacherous. Yeah, sure, <laughs> um, sure. Yeah. We lost, it's all coming back to me now, which used oh. to be the opening number, um, oh. which obviously perfect. Mm-hmm. Seat to get mm-hmm. you into reliving the memory. Eighty four. Yeah, years ago. yeah. It, was, it was glorious. Um, so that one hurt to lose. Oh yeah, sure. Um, we repurposed it with "I'm Alive." Mm-hmm. Um, we also lost "Power of Love," uh, which also hurt. But sure. we now use "Because You Love Me" in its place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we lost. Uh, that's the way it is. Uh, and that's oh it's oh. Aunt Julia because I love that song and I was like where is that and I know it's an Aunt Julia yeah 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 it, it was our finale for the first you know four years of the show's life mm-hmm. wow yeah wow. so that's interesting you know that you have to mm-hmm. now kind of reformat but there's uh, luckily she has so many songs you know yeah so that's good yeah it wasn't that <laughs> what, hard it wasn't that hard yeah what were you more attached to that was originally in it that's not in it anymore well. <laughs> 
I'm torn because I, I actually <laughs> like the I'm Alive opening because it feels very sort of welcoming mm-hmm. and expository. And like we're at Caesar's Palace and she's she's something <laughs> in it's yeah. the top of the show. It feels like the top of the show, that groove. So I don't mind it. Um, but I definitely still miss it's all coming back to me now. It was just so grand, you know? Yeah. Um it's such and an that's the way song. it is. I, def- I definitely miss that's the way it is because it just had a certain sort of slightly cynical lift to it. Yeah, yeah. That really fit the finale. It was great. Sure. So now that this show has been running at the Dowell Roth and it seems like it's continuing to run for a while now, what are the next steps for the show and where do you see it going? Mm. Or that you're allowed to tell us, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well... I'll say this. I'm trying to remember exactly what our producer, Eva, said the other day at Google. <laughs> she she got asked this question on a panel, and she, it was like it was like Barack Obama entered her body. It was like this <laughs> gloriously vague statement. Um, I'll say this. There are definitely lots of locations on this planet uh-huh. that are interested in having Titanic be a part of their cultural landscape. Great. Um, so we're having those conversations and um, we just are signing a deal with MTI to, uh, you know, oh, publish and license the script. So great. we're definitely like putting the, the, the bricks in place for the global rollout. Mm. And it's playing currently scheduled till January as, and it, but it just keeps getting extended. So I have friends that are like, I still got to go. I'm like, well, they keep extending, but maybe <laughs> it'll end for good in January. I don't know. But I tell people to go now because, you know, I mean, <laughs> you never know. I think we've been very, very fortunate yeah. with the level of success that we've had. And it's because of a lot of different things aligning simultaneously. I think, um, who knows? Yeah. Daryl Roth wants us to be in her theater. Like, yeah, right. and why not? What a great <laughs> sentence to say, you know? <laughs> so maybe she'll make it work. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's hard to keep a show going. Yeah. Y'all, you might not know this, but Off-Broadway does not pay very much. Oh, mm. no, yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. actually not a livable wage. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's hard work. And, yeah. like, everyone's scraping by. It looks glorious, I think, to the outside world. And we're mm-hmm. like... It's mm-hmm. scotch tape and hope, babe. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and speaking of some of this th- with the casting, so we saw Jackie Burns a few weeks ago. I actually worked on a reading with her really quick one day, like a million years ago. And she was mm-hmm. like a pleasure. And so when I saw she's in this, I'm like, yes, this totally makes sense. And then you just last night, I believe, had Drew Jogi start as yep. Ruth, right? Yep. And now next week you have um, Willem from RuPaul coming in. So yep. what's wh- what are you feeling about some of these new casting? How are the audience responding to some of it? Talk a little bit about some of this new cast. Well, I'll tell you last night, uh, here's the crazy thing. I actually wrote this part of Ruth the mother in Titanic for Drew Drogi. Oh it. my gosh. Wow. But he was just always so busy in LA. Yeah. He's very in demand there. And, um, he was never able to do it. Mm. And so he said, it's okay. Let Steven do it. And so our other friend, Steven did it for all those years. <laughs> and it's just a really cool sort of out of body experience to actually have him on the stage at like the, the biggest, prettiest version of the show bringing himself and putting his stamp on it. And the crowd just ate him up last night. He's, uh, that's you great. know, he's so unique. He's so special. And it's just, his tone is his own. And it's nice to have, 
Titanic is created in a manner that it holds space for certain types of uh, tone to come mm-hmm. through, particularly with that character, because we have so much um, sort of improv included into it. And so it's just nice to have have him in it. But, I mean, I'll tell you, Jackie Burns is a f- star. Uh, yeah, no, a star. A star. And she's dot com forward slash uk. Like, she's a GD star. And no, yeah, she is. That was she's, my first time seeing it was with Jackie. And what she's doing up on that stage is just hysterical. It's like... <laughs> do you know what gets me about Jackie? And I think this is the secret to her success. Even though she's like the longest running Elphaba in Broadway history, <laughs> yeah. she is an actor first. Mm-hmm. She has an MFA in acting and she sings. I mm-hmm. think that's the secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they some of the best. Yeah, I, I get it. And <laughs> I also feel like she I saw Marla do it when mm-hmm. it was in the other space. And then I now I saw Jackie and two different takes on it. Like they're both so great. And I, when people ask me like, Oh, what did you think of both? I'm like, I can't even like begin to compare them. They're so different and they're both so great. I just, what a great role that is. You yeah. know? It, which is one thing that we were saying too, like, is that a director choice when you have someone new come in to play the role or is it an actor choice to be playing that kind of, because Celine has so many different characters herself. Like which one are you going to get? <laughs> so it's like, perfect that it worked that way so you know we that was one thing that we were curious about it's it's tricky and i'll tell you that and in replacing marla obviously it was a very daunting Mm. thing Mm -hmm. to do um jackie was a clear front runner from like audition number one she just embodied her in ways that marla did not Mm -hmm. and um i'll never forget it she she started her audition facing upstage and it literally was the way she turned her body around. It's like Celine entered the chat mm. in that moment. And so mm. there was something about her proportions and her body movement and her angles um, mm-hmm. and her just uh, vulnerability and openness and joy, her waterfall of joy that is her spirit that really drew me to her. Um but you know we have we have multiple understudies who play Celine, and mm-hmm. everyone is slightly different. It's mm-hmm. it's just it's just it, we have a roadmap, you know, like this sort of a gesture on this. Uh, l- love is pronounced love, you know. <laughs> we, we have a little bit of a glossary, but um, right. Uh, uh, again, the show was built on the authenticity of the performers, and um, mm-hmm. I think that. That's part of the success of the show is that we're not like a cookie cutter, you know, say the exact same line, the exact same way, like the first guy did 19 years ago. We are not that. We we come mm-hmm. from a place of speak in your natural voice and relay that relay the idea. You know, it's it's I'm all about that authenticity. And and to speak more on that, when you're looking at this from the director's perspective, I mean, how much of this is actually improvised and how much is script? Because there's definitely moments, now that I've seen it twice, where I'm like, well, that was really different, but it totally <laughs> still works. So, like, do you tell the actors, take it and run? Or do you say, well, hold back a little on this part? Like, where do you fit with the improv from a director's standpoint? Well, the, uh, these days, I do not say take it and run. Okay. Although, <laughs> although I did say to Drew last night, this is your moment. Mm. Run, you know, mm. um, play. We trust you. We'll we'll pull you back. But um, 
when we were writing it, we would get together and workshop these scenes in a in like a writer's room sort of a setting with the actors. And <clears throat> it just created this sort of play in the moment a little bit, enough to kind of keep multiple balls in the air. Mm-hmm. And um, that always carried over. Every time we would do another reading, we would keep that sort of, you know, pop culture, referential, um, quirky, contemporary asides – uh, in the mix and they just have become part of our formula. Mm. And I think, I think it feels more improvised than it actually is. Okay. Okay. Cause I feel like that when they go below deck and Celine <laughs> takes them, that seems so like, that cool. is. yeah, that, that, that literally was a moment where we, we didn't know what the hell to write. Mm. And Connie and I just said to Marla, just make it up. Just, <laughs> Just improvise something. And so she did, and we just never got around to writing it. Have you created guidelines for that now that they should kind of follow when they're doing that? Yes. So, like, we have, bless Marla's (laughs) crazy heart, she she didn't want to burden anyone with Mm -hmm. that task. Even though it was her favorite moment in the show every night, Mm -hmm. because it was so freeing, um, she's got a very specific you know, skill set. And not everybody can tell a hilarious improvised story on the spot every night. And Mm. uh, we just thought, let's take some of her greatest hits and create a, like an addendum, like a glossary in the back of the script. So we're going to include that with the script now. So all future Celines have a bank of successful Marlo Mandel improvs to pull from. Okay. That's great. That makes sense. It feels fun for the actress and feels like they're improvising, but it's still of a quality that we want. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, We're like hysterically laughing because it also just felt very current and natural because they're talking about like, you know, pinks on tour, but no one knows because Taylor Swift (laughs) and Beyonce are on tour. We were just, I was like, I can't believe they even just said that, but it was the funniest thing. (laughs) You know, it was, it just worked um, really well. Uh, which kind of leads, there's a lot of pop culture included in this book of the musical, and it makes sense, you know, with your history of RuPaul and the history of the show. So did you know what you kind of wanted to incorporate into this from the pop culture world mm. when you were writing it? Honestly, no. I I don't think that we were conscious of it. It was mm-hmm. just something that we would kiki about when we would get mm-hmm. together, you know, like we're, we are drag race fans and, um, music fans. And, uh, it just became something that started to be woven in. Maybe it was partly because I worked on the show. I don't, I don't know, but, um, no one's ever asked that Were the, mm-hmm. were the pop culture. Was that an intentional through line that we kind of put in? It wasn't, we just mm-hmm. wanted to keep it, like cool and contemporary and kind of be an anti-musical musical um, <laughs> getting away from that like formulaic Broadway thing. Yeah. To something that felt more available to a contemporary audience. Yeah. Well, and it, it makes it feel like it's more downtown. Like when the, the audience that's going to this show gets all the references, you know, but maybe my mom sitting yeah. next to me might not, but she still laughs because everyone else is laughing. It just like worked, you know? Yeah. So yeah. It, that was- and, and, and I I feel like I, I'm 
come from such the theater world that I love the like the Patty Lapone cutout moment. It's like the best to me. I think that I, I'm dying to know. Has she ever come? Or I feel like she should go see it and like, what would she even do? I don't know. I oh god. To um, <laughs> my knowledge, she has not seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think she would find it hilarious. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and maybe not the punching her off stage, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's great. I, and and this is like another interesting question that I have, and maybe you've never been asked this, or maybe you don't even care what the answer is. But we, I, I left the show, and I was like, I I picked up on this the second time. I heard, um, I think Celine's character says she says, and we'd actually like to dedicate this last song to mm-hmm. all the victims of this. And I said, and and there was a moment where I said, oh my gosh, this is actually like a tragedy from a long, long time ago. And now it's kind of in the obviously the movie was so big, but then like it was in the news last year when that yeah. like wreckage happened, and and people are still so fascinated with this. And some people from a historic like tragedy perspective. Yeah. And so I guess the question is like, do you ever get worried that someone's going to be like, this is rude or disrespectful i mean i maybe y'all don't care or do care i don't know i'm just curious to like has anybody ever said like this is not cool i don't know oh yeah 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 i we i put that in um because okay i of the three of us i am the i am the cautious fearful one mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. in in that way mm-hmm. and i had noticed that when we were initially promoting the like pop-up reading versions that we would do at Green Room 42 and whatever, people, uh, there will be a lot of comments on our posts. Like, this is, the Titanic sinking is not a parody. Oh. It's not something that deserves to, you know, too soon. A hundred mm-hmm. years still too, too soon mm-hmm. to make this a parody. And I think um, that, of course, was a defining moment for me. And uh, I, I don't know if we already had the dedication in there, but one thing that is very important to me about this show, because I'm going to be very honest. Yes, we wrote a funny book, but like we didn't write that movie, mm-hmm. not live that tragedy. Mm-hmm. We we are not Celine Dion. Mm-hmm. We did not write those songs. You know what I mean? We're taking a lot of other people's IP and sort of blendering it into something new. And so out of respect to everybody, out of respect to the survivors, out of respect to Jim Cameron, who apparently does not have a good sense of humor. Um, oh, okay. And and who takes the wreckage very seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just something that I wanted to do as the kind of a bow on the end to show we are respectful human beings who just want to make people smile. You know, this, we, we do care. And I I thought that was nice that it's it's almost like this everyone come together you can take your phone out now you can videotape this is for them and you sing the song that everyone knows it was it's just a nice as you said bow to wrap and end I, I did appreciate that that was nice so I was just curious if you ever had gotten kickback like that it was oh, interesting yeah. you know in the beginning we did now we yeah well maybe the marketing people hide the comments from me I don't know but <laughs> I think that people get it now yeah 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 um, and so. Moving off Titanic a little bit, because we're going to get to wrap up soon. What for you is next for you? Do you have new projects in store from writing, directing, or acting, or producing? Where, where are you going next now after Titanic? Well, um, yeah, I do. I do. I have um, a few things at play. Um, there is a new sort of nightlife experience that I'm directing called Tipsy Whisper, which is set in uh, like a 1920s speakeasy, loosely based around the, la- the life of um, a woman named Texas Gwynan, who was 
basically she dominated the life the, the nightlife scene back then and they called her the queen of the night mm-hmm. and she was just an imposing personality and uh we, we've been working on this and it's a fun kind of exciting slightly immersive sexy kind of a club kind of a theater it's a huge dance experience so I'm working on cool. that for next year um and it's not a parody not a parody. No. Not a parody. <laughs> it is some hard-hitting jazz and really, really incredible choreography by Carla Garcia. Oh, cool. Is it for New York? It's for here, yeah. yeah. Great. I'm trying, Great. I'm try- it needs to go to Vegas, too, so I'm trying to like get Caesars to <laughs> grab it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just bury that also. But yeah, it'll be running in New York in March. Cool. Awesome. cool. I'm working on that, and I've got a couple new musicals that I'm in talks to direct, one of which... Uh, I won't say anything official, but it looks like it's happening next August off Broadway. So there, yeah. there are a few things coming. Yes, this yeah. is great. I love hearing that. That's awesome. Good for you. Thank you. Uh, and yeah. Colin, Marlon, and I are are dabbling at a new thing too. I love it. I, why not? You have all this amazing <laughs> success. You all do this what you do so well, and people are eating it up. So keep That's, it up. I mean, That's why great. not? Right. Um, and yes. so we do We do have one final question before we get ready to wrap up. We ask all <laughs> our visitors this. We would love to know one fun behind-the-scenes moment of any project or show that you've worked on, Titanic or not Titanic, something silly and fun backstage that you're allowed to tell us on air here that maybe our viewers have never heard before, or listeners, I should say. I don't know why this just popped into my brain, maybe because <laughs> I was panicking. But <clears throat> when I was... Just and it, there's a RuPaul through line as well. In Amazing. my life, there is a RuPaul through line. Um, <laughs> so RuPaul came to see the show, and oh. it was crazy. Um, but we were told that he did not want to um, be sort of known. He wanted to be mm-hmm. incognito. He wanted to be held off like in a private area, and. Um, it was a long rehearsal day before the show and I just needed, I'm a big napper. I just needed to grab like literally 13 minutes on a bench in the ante room. And so I'm in there taking a nap and all of a sudden I hear footsteps and I open my eyes and an all black adorned mask wearing incognito RuPaul is staring down at me (laughs) and it scares the shit out of me yeah <laughs> and i'm and i'm immediately like oh oh you, you want to be alone you you, you don't want to be touched or talked to let me get out of your way um and he was so sweet he was like no 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 stop stop, stop. lay back down it's fine we're fine we'll sit here take your nap you need a nap i was like no it's okay i have to i have to go do things um and he said, no, 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 listen, I'll, I'll tell you a story. It'll put you right to sleep. I said, somehow I doubt that, but um, thank you. Um, and I just said, thank you for coming. It means a lot to us. And he said, are you involved with the production? And I said, yes, I'm the director and co-author. Um, and it means a lot that you're here. And you'll soon know why, but um, I hope you enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, and then I said... <laughs> And you must be the husband. Oh. His husband. <laughs> oh. oh. Wow. And I'm going to let you know right now, the face that his husband gave me, oh. you have killed. 
<laughs> he was not having it. Oh, really? And Put Rue that in the show. This is fun. I felt horrible. And I was sitting right behind him the whole night. So I sent an email the next day apologizing and the the president of Rue's company was like, please, they don't even remember that. They Uh, were so blown away by the show. They had a ball. We love you. We want to work with you guys. Yada, yada, yada. So, yeah. That's one of my RuPaul stories. And that's so great that RuPaul came. I mean, because there's so much reference. And, like, did you – at the end of the show, did you hear anything specific from him or – well, I, I I got a meeting with the president of Rue's company, Rue okay. Rue, and mm-hmm. uh, Jay Marcus is his name. He, I mean, one of the biggest compliments we've ever received, he basically said, listen, we went back to the hotel room that night and just sat around the table and we're thinking, these kids are geniuses. What can we mm. do with them? And so mm. we... You know, I I pitched a bunch of things to him, and uh, great, great. We're gonna we're gonna see if I can create something for RuPaul to star in, and you know. Oh my Ruse. gosh, how amazing! Good for you. They should, have you, the... they should have you write the rusicals for the show. I oh, would yeah. love that. <laughs> oh yeah, I would, yeah. Love, I would love to be like a producer on set there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Sure. Especially because my experience like casting the show was so toxic and so not <laughs> the brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Well, I wish we could talk for another half hour. We're <laughs> almost out of time, and I hate to say that, but that's all we have time for today. Um, but thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciate you all coming on and listening to yes. us interview Ty today. And we hope you enjoyed our conversation with Ty. Um, Ty, if people want to follow you or connect with you more, where's the best place for them to do that? Um, well, you can check out my website, it's tyblue.com. Um, if you're one of those, you know, people of a certain age who likes to sit and read something, um, (laughs) or, um, I use Instagram mostly and my, uh, handle is, uh, tyblue1 there cool amazing awesome uh and to all our listeners if you have any suggestions for future episodes people you'd like to hear us speak with we would love to hear from you and you can connect with us on instagram and on tiktok at half hour podcast also if you'd like to hear and check out more of our full review and thoughts of titanic you can go back and listen to our past podcast episode all about that which is linked in the description of this podcast episode as well yeah so thanks so much for joining us today ty thanks for having me yay thank you and i'm richie saying ta-ta for now bye hey it's leslie Udom jr here on the broadway podcast network to tell you about the rise theater directory a program of maestro music rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds if you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs>